0: Hey everyone, Don here. Welcome to Friday Night Stripes. Uh, Tonight I've got a a couple things I want to talk about. The main topic is a continuation of the previous uh, episode we had where we talked uh, with um, Tyler out in uh, Wyoming on the why of beanbags. I've got four other whys and hopefully uh, we'll see if anybody else has other whys they want to send in along the way. But the idea behind these whys are there are a number of things we do that we're not always told why we do them or we forget why we do them. So it's good to go over them. So we'll go over that in a minute. Um, before we uh, get to that, I had two small things I wanted to cover. The first, um, I was just listening to uh, the Rule 11 uh, podcast podcast uh, conversation 80. So rule 11, for those of you who haven't started listening to that is for college officials. Um, it's a great podcast. They've been doing it about six months longer than I have. Um, and, and I really appreciate everything they bring. And I listened, I've, I've been listening to it since the beginning. Um, even before I was really focused on starting my transition to try and be a, uh, college official, um, as well. But they just had their a uh, conversation with Daniel Young and Brandon Cruz of the back of the Big 12 um, on officiating mindset, and it has almost nothing to do with college football, but it has everything to do with officiating. So I'm going to recommend highly. Instead of me uh, giving you a, a a synopsis, it's much better. They do a much better job of it. So, I'm going to recommend that you head over there. Just head over to rule11officials.com. That's rule the number 1111officials.com 11, 11, slash podcast and find Conversation 80. Um, it's a great talk. Um, Daniel is an educator who's done some um, reading and some thinking on the mindset, the growth mindset, and, and how we should be approaching um, how to get better it's a great one. And and I really um, encourage everyone to go out there and and listen to that one. The other thing I wanted to bring up today, um, I just launched a quiz website. That's got a bunch of NFHS and NCAA quiz questions on it. Um, It's, it's at www.cruesaver.app. And that's it. It's not, Crusaver.app.com. it is just Crusaver.app. there is no .com so uh, head over there take a look at it see what y'all think of of it there's a lot of work that still needs to be done it's functional there's about 60 ncaa questions and probably about 20 uh, nfhs questions but i'll be adding more questions to it i'll be adding more functionality to it this is something that's going to be a living um thing that I'm going to continue to improve and and add to and hopefully it's a big tool that everybody can use to to stay sharp in in all their rules knowledge so head over there and uh, take a look at it and, and see what you think and and please give me feedback um, I can be reached at hello at fridaynightstripes.com uh, you can find me on Twitter at fridaynightstripes.com I'm sorry Friday night stripes and then there's also a um a there's also a Facebook page for Friday Night Stripes. If you have any feedback or, or concerns or questions about the app, certainly send those my way at those things. So with those two things out of the way, um, did want to talk about some more whys. Why do we do certain things? Um, the, the big one we had last time was about the why of beanbags. And again, we all know to throw beanbags, and we generally know when to throw beanbags. But if we understand the why we throw beanbags, then that helps us not throw them at the right time or make sure we get one down. Um, and that that was a great um, episode we had with Tyler. Today, I've got four more that are a little bit shorter to talk about. I don't have any documents or anything to cover on these. Um, but the first one, it, and this is really what got me started on this mind train of, we need to discuss the whys of things. And this is, why does the headlinesman stay at the line of scrimmage on punt plays? Um, and it's actually, it, you, you, you're told one or two things, but there's actually multiple reasons why the headlinesman would stay at the uh, line of scrimmage on a punt play. The, the first thing you're told is, you're there to make sure that the punt actually crosses the neutral zone. Because if the punt doesn't cross the neutral zone, we've got all sorts of things we have to deal with um, as far as how we administer the play. Um, if, the, if the ball never crosses the neutral zone or if it crosses and goes back. We've got, we've got things we've got to do for each of those things. So that is, that is one significant reason. Um, another one, and I think I was listening to Rule 11, actually – when they were talking about something, or or it was it was a it was a quiz question or something. But another one is we have to be sure that the punter actually punts the ball behind the neutral zone. Now, whenever I've been a headlinesman, I'm looking there, and I and in in my mindset, I'm like, okay, hold, hold, hold. There's the punt, ball's passed. I can go. I don't know. I mean, I I would have been at the line of scrimmage when the punter was crossing the neutral zone and I believe I would have noticed if he was past me or not but it never really sunk in that that was my job I'm the only one who has that the umpire may have a look at it but probably isn't going to have an exact look it is that that's the whole job of the headlinesman, is to know where that neutral zone is and where that puncher can punt that ball so that's another one that I think I, w- I don't necessarily think I would have missed it, but it's not certainly something I was looking for. Um, so now that's just one more little check I've got to do when I'm lining up there. It's fourth down. I'm a headlinesman, and I'm going, okay, I'm going to sit here until the ball crosses the neutral zone, and also I've got to make sure that the punter is behind the neutral zone when he punts the ball or he crossed it and came back, which is legal in um, – In high school, that's perfectly fine. So um, just one of those things I wanted to bring up was why the headlinesman stays online scrimmage. And some of you may, that may have been second nature to you, but there are some out there who who I'm I'm sure didn't necessarily think about those things. And if you've got other reasons, please send them in. And I'll I'll be glad to call them out um, on future episodes. Um, So the next one is... I had sent out a, a request on Twitter for people to chime in on different, uh, different whys that, that they thought needed to be talked about. So we'll talk about these three. Um, the first one is, why do you only work your zone? And this was sent in by um, Travis Logslet. And um, I want to talk about this in a couple different ways. So one, the, the simple answer of why do you only work your zone is, you've got your area and you've got angles and you've got your stuff you're looking at, and you know what you're responsible for. If somebody comes in from outside your zone and starts officiating in your zone, they may not have the angles you have. However, I'm actually going to say that's okay in certain circumstances when it's your responsibility to do so. So let's uh, let's go ahead and let's go ahead and and talk through a couple examples. And I'm sure this is within what Travis was talking about when he says, why do you only work your zone? That zone moves throughout a play. So let's talk about a running play. Um, I'm the headlinesman. I've got a sweep that goes towards the line judge side. Okay. My zone's right in front of me. My zone's out to the tackle. I've got my key. My key isn't doing anything because it's a run play to the opposite side. So my he's probably dancing with the defensive back he's got on him so there's really nothing going on there and if I just stay in my zone then I'm not helping elsewhere where I need to transition in things like that and where my zone changes is on a play like that I need to elevate and look for the backside blocks I need to pick up that backfield and look for blindside blocks and things like that because by that point that is the Referee zone is in the backfield, but if that sweeps already off to the other side, he's watching trail action on that side. He's no longer watching behind him. So that becomes my job is to pick up anything behind him, potentially pick up any cheap shots on the quarterback. Things like that because at this point the the ball the ball's been handed off. It's been a couple seconds. The referee's focus will turn off the quarterback and on to the actual play. Because he's got to pick up the trail side of that play. So as far as why do we only work our zone, one is we have our things we have to be looking at. And if we're if we're searching for things to do without being intentional about it, then we're gonna one miss things we should have gotten, and two, be calling things that may be a bit far for us. So let's let's take that same example. Um, we may miss the blindside block on a trail player. And if we're out, if we're looking all the way across the field, watching the ball, looking for lead blocks way over there, we're not going to have a really great angle when There are at least two officials covering a lot of that action. The back judge has already moved in that direction. The line judge, that's his area. So he's got things. That's not to say we can't contribute, but it's not where we should be looking. So the why of why do we only work our zone? We work the zone we're responsible for. And that zone changes during a play. So, if you're unsure of where your eyes should be going after your initial keys and your initial action is done, sit down and work that out with with your crew or with other um, officials in your uh, position. And and that could be something that we bring on as a completely different topic is where do our eyes move when play is out of our area? Um, so that was that was the first one. So thank you, Travis, for. I'm asking that one. The second one we've got is from Ryan Buckingham. And he asks, why do wings cover the inside re- receiver while the back judge covers the outside? And that's not always true. And we all know that. And, and there are various reasons for that. But let's say that's true. Why, he's asking, why aren't we watching the the receivers closest to us? And everything I've been told is because we go... Snap, tackle, key. So we, as, as line of scrimmage officials, we're watching the snap to make sure there's no encroachment or no false start. And there our eyes can move immediately to the tackle to pick up, is this a run pay, play or is this a pass play? Um, and we can, we can also be picking up for what is that tackle doing. So um, it, my routine is snap, tackle, and I'll watch that tackle. And if he's threatened, then I'm going to stick with that tackle just a little longer, um, and and work with him. And if they if they seem to be dancing and not doing anything, then I'm probably going to go ahead and move off to my key because at that point I can release him and leave him to the referee and umpire. Um, but if he's getting beat, or if he already has his hands on the outside, and I'm just looking for a reason to call a hold because he's already in a position that is likely to cause a hold, then I'm going to stay with him longer. Um, and then if I move off of him, I've got to find my key. So let's talk about the the eye movement of that. If if I have to move from looking straight down the line of scrimmage or potentially a little into the backfield at that tackle all the way down the sideline to uh, the outside receiver, I've got about a 90 degree turn I've got to do. Whereas I, if I move from the tackle to the inside receiver, um, they are not as likely to be running fly routes. Um, and, and they are, they are possibly just running, um, outs or ins and, and they're, they're, it's more of a 45 degree turn that I have to make. So, um, that's not what I'm really sold on. We could make that 90-degree turn as well. Um, so I could go either way on that. But that, that's really the why is so that if you go snack, snap tackle and your tackle's not threatened, it's really easy to jump to that inside receiver. It'd be a little bit harder to jump to the outside receiver. Um, so that's and, and really, if you stay with that tackle for more than about a second, your key's gone anyway. And all of a sudden now you're moving into zonal um, keys instead of specific keys. So um, that's generally the why of why do um, wings cover the inside receiver? It's a lot of, it's mainly because it's snap tackle key. And we, 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 we've got to work that process. Um, there's only five of us. And, Really, there's only three of us watching the receivers, as many as potentially five receivers in a pattern. So it's always going to be tough, um, but that's, that's generally the reason. Um, the last one I've got here is from Michael Billica, and he asks, why do back judges have the whistle on field goals, but the referees have whistles on tries? On a field goal, the ball is live from the moment it's kicked until it goes out of bounds, it goes across the goal line, or something else happens that causes it to become dead. So let's, let's go through a couple examples of a field goal. Um, a perfectly good field goal, just straight up and kicked. The back judge is going to have to wait. So let's say it's a, it's a field goal of a decent distance. This is his high school. We're not going to go crazy and say it's a 50-yarder. We'll say it's a 40-yarder, which is even long for some of the high schools I, I, I officiate. Um, the whistle's not immediate. That back judge has to hold that whistle until it crosses the goal line, and then he can blow it, but he's, he's busy watching the ball, and he'll blow it as it goes through or misses, either way. Um, or he can wait until he's signaling. Either way, if it's clear that it's past the goal line, the whistle's not as relevant. Um, If we have a blocked field goal and the ball's bouncing around, well, if it goes out of bounds, we've got a whistle. If it's blocked and it goes over the goal line, the back judge will kill it there, um, so on and so forth. So why does the back judge not have that same whistle on a try? And the main reason, and, and, and this kind of depends on your crew, your association. I've I've worked on crews that do it both ways. I've had, had crews where the back judge has the whistles on all free kicks. I'm sorry, all scrimmage kicks. And that's fine. Um, the When the referees hold the whistles for the tries, it's mainly because on a try, that ball is dead the minute it's kicked. For the most part... For all intents and purposes, that ball is dead the minute it's kicked. If it's blocked and picked up, it's dead. It's dead either way. If the offense or the or the defense picks it up, it's dead. Once it's been kicked, it's dead. So the referee has a better view of that as far as what's going on there. Um, this, this is one of those that, that I think, again different crews do it different ways the back just can certainly kill it as well um, but i think the referee may hold on to it just so that he can rule he he can he can feel responsible if the defense were to gain possession of the ball he can kill it um, we're all going to kill it on, uh, in that scenario but he reta- he wants to retain the responsibility on that Interestingly enough, looking at the Ohio gold book, which we we've uh, talked about in previous episodes in Ohio, the umpire has the whistle for the same reasons. We're talking about the, uh, referee having the whistle. The umpire has the whistle, um, in the Ohio gold book. Now this might have to do because the umpire goes under the goalpost with the back judge. For Ohio so not all states do that but um, in Ohio they have the umpire and the back judge doing the um, doing the upright so the umpires underneath on um, field goals and tries so uh, a little change in, in Ohio, and I'm sure there are other states that do it as well. But if you if you read the Ohio Gold Book, they have the umpire in the back judge always as the two who do the uprights, and they have the umpire have all the whistles. Um, that makes things a little less confusing, a little more um, precise. Um, but that's that's how they do it in Ohio as well. So. That is, um, those are the whys we have. If, if there are any whys I missed on the, three, on the four we talked about, please send in comments and, and I'll be glad to address them in, in future episodes. Um, and if I'm completely wrong, I'll edit this episode and get it back out there to everyone. Um, or if you have additional whys that you're curious about or you think need to be explained, um, send those in and we'll talk about those as well. So thanks again for listening and we'll talk again soon. Thanks for listening to Friday Night Stripes. Show notes and links to all of the episodes can be found on our website at FridayNightStripes.com. Reviews on Google Podcasts or Apple iTunes are always appreciated as they will help us reach more officials. We are always looking to talk to officials everywhere, so if you want to be a guest, please email hello at FridayNightStripes.com. If you have comments, ideas, or want to correct a mistake we made, you can email us at hello at FridayNightStripes.com. You can also continue the conversation by joining the Facebook group Friday Night Stripes or following us on Twitter at Friday Night Stripes. Show music is Fight 'em Down by Flash Fluarty, licensed by PremiumBeat.com. We'll see you on the next episode.